0: what's up guys welcome back welcome back to another episode of the anchor point podcast episode number six just want to say thank you guys uh for spreading the word uh posting tagging us and all the social media outlets really appreciate it guys keep doing what you're doing also if you guys got time make sure to swing by uh old itunes and uh drop us a rating definitely be appreciated Today on the show, I got Michelle Raponi. She's actually a really close friend of mine. Uh, we started fighting fire together back in, well, I started in 09, She started in 2010. And uh, she moved out of the wildland realm and uh, decided to take on a different little mission. So now she is a fireline paramedic, and uh, she's all over the West Coast fighting fire. Well, helping us fight fire, patching up our boobies and stuff like that. Anyways, there's some good shit on the uh, episode here. Definitely uh, sit down and pay attention and listen because some of the stuff could save someone's life. could save your own. Oh yeah, little side note guys, this is for informational purposes only. Make sure you guys are operating under your uh, medical direction and within the scope of your own practice. If you guys aren't qualified to do some of the things we're about to talk about, then don't do it. You could actually further injury. So, without further ado, Michelle Raponi, welcome to the Anchor Point. You're ready for this. Yeah. Come on,
1: take three. <laughs> take number nine. Yeah. What do we do
0: next? Uh, which microphone do I fuck with next? I
1: know. And let them know this is a re-recording, Re- well, re-re.
0: If I didn't uh, fuck up the entire episode by uh, not having my entire monitor, my like, anything turned on, is just like recording to the computer mic. Yeah, probably would have uh, you know been a success. Oh, well, what are you gonna
1: do? <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So round. Nine, two, yeah, four, right. Whatever. <clears throat> Take three. Take three. All right, guys. Welcome to another episode of Anchor Point. Today, we're going to talk about a little bit of field medicine. I have my really good friend Michelle Raponi.
1: Hi. 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 How are you? <laughs> Doing she's well. a
0: paramedic and paramagic. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> totally <laughs> paramagical.
0: Paramagical. Yeah. And she's going to talk about uh, some fireline medicine. Yeah. Introduce yourself. I'm
1: excited. So yeah, like you said, I'm Michelle Raponi. I am a fireline paramedic. Um, I got into fire in 2010, started off actually working with Brandon.
0: Oh God. <laughs> that
1: was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then I uh, decided to go to paramedic school and kind of go that route. I worked nine, the the 911 system and I contracted as a paramedic on the fires whether that be in camp or out on the line with you guys
0: mm-hmm. so 2010 is uh when you started right yeah 2009 2010
1: you started 2009
0: i started 2009. yeah 2010 for you yeah yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got this it was pretty fun i don't yeah, know yeah. A blast.
0: so so well you've been fighting fire for how long did you fight fire for like five years
1: mm, no just like a couple i did um just a year with blm and then dabbled with some sh- like volunteer structure, and everything. But I um, always enjoyed when we got the vegetation fires a lot more than the structure calls. So, so I always <laughs> just stick, stuck with and See, yeah, and I do. I do miss actually fighting the fires a lot, as much as I like sitting out there and watching you guys work so hard. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, how's that air <laughs> you guys, conditioning? You guys are doing great. <laughs> yeah,
0: how's that air conditioning treating you?
1: Oh, it's all right. I, I hate
0: don't you. know. I, hate I know. I no. <laughs> oh, look at me in my fancy medical unit. <laughs>
1: yeah you
0: know oh anyways so uh yeah let's talk about some medicine but first how'd you get in the fire
1: yeah so as you already know this story when uh, on 2010 when we were working on that fire together and i got injured and um got mistreated with certain medical and this was at the hospital that mistreated me and it made me realize that i didn't want that like i wanted to be out there to help improve and help out with fighting fire um so what happened was we had a little,
0: little, little I nothing mean, <laughs> fucking little about that fire. Yeah, when well. Brandon
1: and I were burning out. This is my first year and um, definitely a rookie. And there was a good wind shift, and the fire started coming at us. And we're in sagebrush, so you know, and it's very windy. Yeah. And it got real hot real quick. Um, all of a sudden, we had fire on both sides of us. And I was like, "Oh crap!"
0: Yeah, that thing jumped the line pretty damn quick. And then yeah, it was going like the right direction to where we could probably like cut the fence and like go catch it. Yeah, but we're sitting there, and all I remember is Captain hauling ass through like neck high sagebrush. Yeah, like, get the fuck out of here! Yeah, I was like, "What?" And there's this gigantic flaming front coming behind him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Um, so
1: definitely was choking smoke, heat. Yeah. Um, it definitely just hit me bad. Um, engine pulls up. Brandon pulled me up into it after like coughing on our hands and knees. And then, so what happened that evening while we were debriefing, I started not being able to breathe. Skin was red, flush. I was kind of getting wheezy. And if you're not familiar with airway burns, they're not a good thing. And we didn't know if I had airway burn, was I just having a reaction to the smoke? Either way, we decided to go into the local community hospital. And they X-rayed me to make sure I wasn't swelling. There was, like, minor swelling in my larynx, which is what they want to monitor. My O2 stats were in the low 90s, which isn't bad. So they just put it's me not on... not
0: bad. Not great, though.
1: No, it was, like, 90, 92%. Um, and uh, so they monitored me, kept me on oxygen overnight, and it just wasn't getting better. And the thing with airway burns is it can take 24 to 48 hours for your throat to swell up. So the next morning, they X-rayed again, and there was more swelling, so they... Made the call to innovate me and um, like fly me out to a trauma center, yeah, where they can properly deal with it. And uh, I kind of wish I had the medical experience I do now because I would have stuck up for myself. Um, I couldn't really talk as you can imagine. but what happened is when they went to innovate me, normally you get sedated, and then they do have to paralyze you, so they can put the tube down your throat. Well, they didn't sedate me, they just paralyzed me. so that was the part.
0: Oh fun. <laughs> yeah. That's so could
1: you imagine just being chemically paralyzed and everyone thinks you're out? So they innovated me. I remember the helicopter ride. My eyes were taped shut. I couldn't move. My tongue was trapped between the um, innovation tube and my teeth. I just remember that. I remember trying just to move my toe, and I hadn't even seen Kill Bill at this time. So someone <laughs> was like, that's what killed Bill. I was
0: like, oh. Hold on a second. I love how you're referencing a Tarantino flick right now and this is like actual real life shit that happened to you where you're, you're fucked up man oh
1: yeah so um I get to the trauma center and the unfortunate well it is fortunate but they stuck a camera down the tube um I could feel them they put a catheter in me which is you know right up your genitals felt mm-hmm. that I felt them put it the down into my nose I'm sorry and uh yeah it was it was really traumatic because everyone also thought I was out did and you it, hear everything uh-huh you heard everything. Everything. They took the tape off my eyes. So I could see everything. Everyone's standing around me and I'm like awake, but they thought I was out.
0: Holy and, shit. Yeah.
1: And then it was my dad that actually was like, something doesn't feel right. Cause the paralytic was wearing off. So I was able to kind of start shaking a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're like, Oh no, that's the anesthesia wearing off. And then I finally like handed a pen. I was like, sedate me. Like we still have that. Cause of course, as you can imagine, there's a lot of stuff that happened after this incident Holy that I'm not going to go shit. into. Yeah. So, um, that hospital reacted right. They kept me a couple days in the ICU, and yeah, after that, I was like, I want to get in on the medical side of this. Now, no one on the fire like messed up, yeah. with it, and I think it did happen for a reason because I'm like happy in the path I went.
0: Yeah, so make sure this shit never happens to anybody that you work on. Yeah, at least. yeah. like
1: when I've um, then when I became a medic, you know, and we uh, one of the states I work in, they do have RSI, um, and just talking like really make sure that your patient's sedated.
0: Okay. So for the people that don't know what RSI is. Uh, Rapid
1: sequence innovation. Of course, I'm just going to use the medical jargon. (laughs) I always do. I'll work on that. (laughs) So rapid sequence innovation is what we use in the field. Um, a lot of States don't, we're not allowed to use that. So Mm -hmm. it's where you sedate, paralyze, and then innovate.
0: Just kind of depends on your state licensure. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, man, that fire was, uh, Pretty fucking intense, especially like you yeah. know, being a second year firefighter. And no, I'm just a rookie, no fucking like clue. what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Whoa>, look, that's <laughs> hot. Like, I know what. <laughs> and this is the hard lesson that fire actually was a hard lesson that I learned uh, about wearing metal sunglasses because I had a perfect first degree burn around where my sunglasses. Did you were. really? Oh fuck yeah, dude.
1: Oh rookie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. How <laughs> embarrassing.
0: It was yeah, it was pretty uh, impressive. I've never seen fire. That must have like been pretty that. traumatic for you. No, not really. I know. I'm just kidding. I just look like an asshole. <laughs> totally. I mean, yeah, I am an asshole, but whatever. That's yeah. But yeah, man. Um. It was it was intense. Yeah. yeah. Was Especially really that intense. young in my fire crew. but that was like one of those things where like, oh yeah, guess what? Fire is real.
1: What an amazing lesson. I mean, it would have been cool not to have the whole innovation part, and yeah. like I said, I would have stuck up for myself, and because I didn't need to be innovated. Yeah, that's the other part. Like. Um,
0: they just like panicked and made like a panic and decision. it was a
1: small local tiny hospital and yeah they just they made the call to send me to a higher level of care that could take care of me because and the airway burns can be very scary though too oh yeah because you know if you swell up too much you know you kind of shit out of luck yeah you got nothing <laughs> yeah no breathing cr- crike yeah. but that's not always gonna work yeah so
0: god that's fucking crazy man yeah all right let's talk about medicine okay Ooh, <laughs> medicine. yeah Okay, so where do you want to start?
1: Oh, man, you got to direct me, bro. I got to direct you. What? <laughs> Give me a topic.
0: Oh, look at no. this producer and everything, so. I know, it's perfect. So what are, like, <laughs> the most common injuries that you're going to encounter on the fire line? Like, you personally, what, what like, your experience, what have you seen? So
1: that depends. Um, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So for what I do now is uh, as working as a fireline paramedic. My assignments are constantly kind of changing. I'm mostly on the ambulance sitting on a drop point. That's like a majority. Or I'm working in camp in the um, Medinet trailer. Or I'm on a UTV um, working with like uh, kind of – we have this pretty awesome UTV that we use. Doing hot laps. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, right. Just donuts around the fire while you guys work. I'm just kidding. Must be nice. No, absolutely not. Uh, So that all kind of depends. So on the fire line, the common injuries we kind of see, you know, we're going to see more minor injuries, of course. Yeah. Eye injuries, you know, debris in the eyes. That is a very common one, as you guys can imagine. Uh, Poison oak. (laughs) Yes, that is an injury. I never reacted to poison oak until last year for the first time in my life, and it came out of vengeance. Ooh. yeah i looked like something out of the lagoon i'm like who's gonna want me? creature now? from the black yeah, lagoon. blisters all over my body i was like i <laughs> get it i know because it used to be like oh i don't know how that feels but i feel bad for you good luck yeah poison oak. now anyone with oak i'm like do you want to come to my support group <laughs> 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 like <laughs> i will cry with you <laughs>
0: let's hold hands yes to, yeah. yeah like challenge coins for how many months you've had poison how many months you haven't had poison oak
1: Oh, that should be a thing. That should be a thing. I definitely think Okay, we'll be. be talking to someone about that, <laughs> getting that going. <laughs> um, and then as you can imagine, uh, you know, twisted ankles, minor abrasions, mm-hmm. um, you know, chainsaw. But usually with the chainsaw, it's the dog gets in the tricep. So it's dog like, in the tricep? I've yeah, figured, like, a tr- I've had like quite a few of those, which are so easy to fix. Cause it's just that little triangle kind of... Boop. Yeah, boop. It's like come oh, on, fix you.
0: See, I'm used to like people like tripping and falling with their saw when it's on the sh- on their shoulder. Oh and yeah, it just, like stabs them in the neck.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And chainsaw injuries are tricky because, you know, everything's so ripped up. And it does, um, happen with the chain that you know you can't get stitches. You just get shoved gauze in there and.
0: Ooh, wound packing.
1: Wound packing, and yeah, mm, you fine. get sent in for those.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Um, So, yeah, obviously, mainly we kind of see more minor. Um, My days tend to be pretty quiet when I'm on the ambulance out there, which is a good thing. Yeah. You know, people don't want medical busy when working in the camp. That's when I'm seeing all you guys or the ambulance will bring you into just camp instead of the hospital, because that's our goal to keep everything in house. Treat you guys, get you back out on the line and get you the care that is uh, necessary for you.
0: The down and dirty, the quick and dirty. Yeah. Field medicine. Yeah,
1: just some like dirt. Chew, spit, send you on your way.
0: Pack of the wound full of him mm-hmm.
1: That's like my favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> Pack it full of cope.
0: <laughs> there you go. So Please, please don't do that. <laughs> let's go into like kind of treatment things. Like what to expect as far as like what what, what can like the layperson do as far as treatment for your ouchies, boo-boos and blisters? Absolutely. Kind of
1: well, what's been really wonderful is how many EMTs are on the cruise engines, et cetera, now. Um, and a lot of these EMTs don't actually have experience working as an EMT, but I love it because I'll put you to work. You do, you know, you are familiar. Yeah. Just need a little direction. Like
0: I need um, lots of direction. I know
1: you do. (laughs) We'll touch on that later.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, so,
1: so with something, uh um, like a minor, let's say a minor cut on the arm, you know, you, you guys are, You some of you are smart, but you can see like, some, you, yeah, some of us. Is, are. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's a couple of you guys out there. Just kidding. But, uh, you can tell if you need stitches or whatnot. Um, having a, a crew first aid kit, if there's an EMT on the crew, definitely having the kits. And now they have those kits that you can just purchase and throw in your pack, um, for fireline packs, which is, uh, wonderful as well. And just, um, yeah, dress the wound. And then if you think that needs help, like, You can call over the ambulance or a medical. There's going to be line medics out there too that are very close by. Oh, yeah. Another one that we encounter a lot is, uh, as you guys know, bee stings. And Uh, those can be scary. It can be. (laughs) Yeah. Luckily, it is nice when someone on the crew does have an, like, is allergic and they have an EpiPen. If someone is allergic, they need to absolutely have an EpiPen.
0: Well, it sure as as shit helps me out if they have an EpiPen on on them because then I can assist them with their uh, medication. Yeah.
1: So um, getting the line medics over pretty quick. That's going to be, you know, before the ambulance can get there and they just are going to treat it with some Benadryl. They don't always need to resort to Epi. Yeah. So just if they're having breathing issues, absolutely. If you know, that person does have an Epi pen, use it. Yeah. Um, but it's good to have that kind of Benadryl and whatnot. Just being aware that if you are going to give Benadryl, that person can't work anymore because it's going to make you drowsy. Yeah. But
0: the Benadryl will. Yeah. The Benadryl yeah. will.
1: The Epi will do the exact opposite. Complete opposite. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're going, going to be wound, up. yeah up. Yeah, if you get epi, you're going in to be monitored because it's going to speed up your heart right quick. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: Can you OD on epi? Can you, like, OD? I mean, can you, like, literally make someone's fucking heart explode from epi? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I'd say so. And then, I mean, ideally, we're not going to deal with this out there, but if someone overdoses from cocaine or, like, codes from a cocaine overdose, if you give them epi, it'll kill them.
0: So interesting that you bring up drugs, though, Mm -hmm. like illicit drugs. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you guys, are you guys protocol to carry Narcan?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Have you ever had to deal with anything like that on the fire line?
1: Uh, No, not on the fire line. Oh, I've been God. lucky. I mean, I know in camp they've had to deal with that, but that's more of a security issue. And um, the cops are there. So
0: please stop doing heroin. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, being on an assignment and finding a needle in the bathroom. It's like, oh, please be a diabetic. Dude. Oh,
0: my God. Speaking of needle sticks. um. Mm-hmm. We were doing all of our uh, EMS conference stuff here last week. So it was just like 12-hour days of just running scenarios and shit. Yeah. Doing cool field medicine, like improvised uh-huh. medicine and stuff. And uh, we're dragging this dummy over, like one of those big-ass Tom dummies, right? Yeah. He's got like a sucking chest wound and fucking... He's all fucked Beautiful. up. Beautiful. Yeah. He's Love awesome. it. He's, he was in a... What was it? A vehicle accident or something like that. Mm-hmm. TV rolled over. Anyways, we set him down and then we're like working on him, waiting for the ambulance uh-huh. to show up, ALS to show up. And, uh, once the scenario was over, we'd start peeling everything off and dude, there was like fucking three hypodermic needles just like sitting there. <laughs> I was like, Oh God, what oh the my fuck, gosh. man? Luckily
1: they probably weren't used. No, they were. Oh, yeah, that's lovely. They looked used. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. It was but it happens. fucking disgusting.
0: Yeah. I so, want
1: to look out for those sharps. <laughs>
0: dude, that's, yeah. Get a fucking <laughs> needle stick. They're right. Gross. So. With always boobies and blisters, like, mm-hmm. do people come into the med unit and, like, just, like, with, like, the most annoying shit for you? The, I mean... Like, more. what pisses off the med unit?
1: <laughs> okay, so it actually takes a lot to actually piss me off, but um, it, when... <laughs> it's going to sound, like, really mean. When, when you're just being a fucking baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, there are... And on the other end of the spectrum, there's these guys, especially, like, it seems like first years that don't want to say anything and before you know it they're having to go home because the whole bottom of their foot sloughed off
0: they're just like hiking yeah. on these fucked up yeah. boots yeah and, and so fucked up feet
1: yeah like just having your molespin moleskin yeah it's a new, new skin. yeah moleskin. moleskin yeah got it thank you <laughs> <laughs> having your moleskin taking care of your feet is really important out there um when you start to get a hot spot mm-hmm. um you know good old white bite for those of you who know uh you Know and that's what the medina is there for to get those supplies, that's yeah. The, the big part kind of well. re up on, yeah. And if you are having like issues with your feet, like look, people will look at it. You know, a lot of, a lot of people don't have any kind of medical training, or this is their first kind of job out there, especially the young guys that, yeah. you know, just needed a job. So, and they don't
0: want to say anything because they're like, Oh, I don't want the <laughs> yeah. to, make, to think I'm a bitch or something like yeah. that. And their fucking foot's like duct taped together,
1: yeah. If someone's um kind of being too whiny about it though i will definitely just tell them I need to <laughs> turn it down a notch and get working <laughs> like yeah. funny stories um yeah i know you do <laughs> there's okay this one can this does not have to do with feet this is like a few years ago and i was in the med unit trailer it was actually at night so we we're back from the day and this guy comes up and he's like my crew member's choking and we're like, oh, where is he? He's like standing right next to him. He's like, right here. He's like, it's me. It's like,
0: you're not choking. If yeah, you're talking to me, the
1: guy I was working with was like, yeah. He's like, you're not choking. If you, if you talk, and he's like, how long has this been stuck in your throat for? He's like, a few days. He's like, and his um, supervisor, we'll just call him that. His soup was like, you need to help him right now. He's choking. He can't breathe. And the patient was literally like, yeah, I, I can breathe. That's in my like, because it was in his esophagus. And I kid you not, on that fire, we had like three guys that got steak stuck in their esophagus. So it was, you know, kind of putting out a public service announcement to chew your food before swallowing. (laughs) (laughs) but like, i love that stuff i'm like why are you freaking out right now it's
0: okay I'm joking. yeah oh, no. yeah it's like
1: it wasn't even the guy that had steak stuck there that was choking or that was freaking out <laughs>
0: it was the soup that was freaking yeah out? jesus man
1: yeah it was that was just definitely pretty silly
0: <laughs> you were telling me the other day that uh you had somebody come into the medical unit and they like had the balls to ask you out
1: <laughs> <laughs> no just like ask for my number i'm Cleaning out their infected poison oak wounds on their leg, like scrubbing out this pus. Because I saw them on the previous fire and I was like, don't let these get infected. Mm-hmm. Skip to the next fire. Well, guess what happened? They're all infected. So I'm scrubbing out this pus and then he's like, So can I get your number? I'm like, Are you kidding me?
0: <laughs> Do you see yourself yeah, right now, like, dude?
1: Absolutely not. <laughs>
0: Oh man! Yeah. Uh, shout out to that guy though. Got, <laughs> I know. He's got some balls on him.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was pretty funny though. <laughs> so, Fuck, yeah! Man. Still laughing about it. <laughs> God
0: man. Yeah. So, now that we're on the topic, let's talk about trauma. Like, yeah. Let's talk about the real deal shit. Yeah. So absolutely. Let's talk about uh stuff that you're gonna commonly see, like common associated injury or injuries associated with firefighting. So. Hmm. What are you seeing out there? Um, Like the trauma. Yeah.
1: What uh, the biggest one for kind of trauma, like I just touched on before, you know, your small abrasions, cuts, scrapes, twisted ankles. Um, Then we can get uh, dislocated shoulders as well, especially if someone's prone to dislocated shoulders. Mm We've had a handful of those Um, leading all the way up to your major traumas where, uh, you know, the fire is going to shut down while this is being handled. Yeah. Um, so a good thing to do would definitely be knowing your mer. The mer. I still call it the nine line. It's not the mer. <laughs> know. knowing your nine line and going over scenarios of what if scenarios with your crew engine, whoever you're working with. I do it with my partners as well. And I'm constantly doing it in my head. Yeah. Um, it's good to have the, what if, how are you going to handle this situation when it comes? Like who's going to be in charge until the next person in charge gets on scene because you guys are on scene with the injury. Before we are, oh yeah, most likely.
0: Oh, I guarantee you, we are. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. There's only been a couple times where I was like, right there.
0: Well, it's not like someone gets hurt and poof, magically, a, yeah, a friggin' medic is there, you know. Yeah, absolutely. EMP, so
1: one big thing. Let's say you know the dreaded tree strike that everyone's afraid of. Ooh. I mean, it, it, those are just awful. Yeah. Uh, and you know we're all familiar with the the stories of what's been happening with those. So let's say Have someone you been on any of those. Yeah
0: i know we can't say yeah we can't say what but yeah and yeah. it's
1: it's very traumatic um, yeah. but you have a job to do and you know another <laughs> thing that's important is make sure that i now don't have two patients because you got hurt yourself trying to help the other patient on scene yeah but let's say there was a tree strike then you know the patient's still alive but has a um you know bleeding pretty bad out of the arm like
0: okay so like Profuse bleeding.
1: Yeah, like so branch probably hit them, but yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. We'll call an arterial bleed, so it's like there's pressure coming out of it, and those aren't good. So, how are you going to handle it? Well, if you don't, especially if you don't have an EMT on scene that has gone through this scenario over and over and over, you know, start with the basics. Put direct pressure, stop the bleeding. Yeah, you know, help if the us red out shit's there. coming out of them. Make yeah, it stop. Yeah, and when I say direct pressure, I mean your body weight on them. No
0: shit, you, you won't. I, I, I've done the EMT thing. And so. this depends on your body size
1: though. So if it's like a hundred pound female and you're a three hundred pound guy, like, you don't know, no, you're back it <laughs> off. Yeah, already. back it off a little bit. But you want to put on a lot of pressure and that's something that people don't realize. And that includes providers. I've been guilty of that, but just learning. Yeah. Like you should almost be hurting them. But you're trying to stop the bleeding, especially if you believe that their life is in immediate danger. Like yeah. they could, might die because of this bleed. Um, another thing, when a trauma does happen, it's really important to take a step back and look at the whole scene. It's really easy, providers included, to get tunnel vision. Just and focus you're entirely on your yeah, patient. Yeah, if there's yeah. A, like a, a good trip down an embankment or whatever, and someone you know bro- breaks their leg and their bone is sticking out. Your eyes are obviously going to go to that, but do they have a head injury too? Yeah, and you know, obviously, is a head airway in- compromise. Yeah, is their airway compromised? So always check their airway. You know, check for major bleeding. And then kind of go from there. Yeah. And if if you don't know what to do, just ask too. Yeah. Yeah. So medical tends to get on scene pretty quick, especially the way that they have line medics all around. But, you know, we also might not be there if you guys are doing like saw work and it's not on an incident.
0: Yeah. So, so n- it's good
1: to go over these scenarios as well.
0: Oh, yeah. You got to train how you fight, especially with medical, because I guarantee you when it mm-hmm. actually happens in the field, it's not like working on a dummy or no. like a Tom dummy or anything like that. It's going to be a fucking yeah it's chaotic it's gonna be super chaotic yeah, so and
1: every every scene is gonna be completely different and another good scenario to do with that would be you know what if your um soup or captain got injured or the emt or the emt yeah you know like i was talking to you earlier i'm like i'm always I- really nervous about getting uh, injured out there mainly because i feel like i'd be embarrassed to call <coughs> it in <laughs> Like, um, can I get a medic need, for the medic, please? I need hail. <laughs> yeah, it's like there is a medic on the scene. Well, <laughs> about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that,
0: that shit happens though. Oh, uh, and it, it does. does. Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. Um, but practicing with your captain or soup, if they were the one getting injured, if they weren't there, or if the EMT went, and it just though the big thing is knowing the operations about what to do. It goes back to knowing your mer nine line.
0: <laughs> the mer? I can't. <laughs> and if you guys are listening at home, that's uh, page 118 of your IRPG. Yeah. Study that know it.
1: Yeah. You know, you're probably not going to memorize it, but just know it. Be familiar. So when if you're the one that does call it into communications because they're going to want that right away, mm-hmm. you'll at least be familiar with it because the scene's going to be, you're going to be a little shaky or nerve wracked and everything, like depending. So yeah. having that experience and going over it is really important. It's going to really help out.
0: So now that we're on the subject, like patient assessment, Mm -hmm. let's talk about how the mirror, it kind of acts as a patient assessment. It goes over mechanism of injury. What's Mm -hmm. wrong with the dude? How many people are involved? Yeah. Whatever. How valuable is that information for the arriving resources like you, the paramedic?
1: That is going to be valuable. That mirror is um, what communications uses. Like Mm -hmm. they have, if uh, there's an emergency on the line, they're pulling out a paper and they are going, that's following the nine line mer and they're writing down. So that's why it's important to go in order and that know it, it's really going to help out communications. It's like extremely important yeah. with that. Um, and also being familiar, like, Oh, I don't know what a mechanism of action is. Or, mechanism
0: or, of injury. Injury.
1: Yeah. that's what, yeah. Mechanism of action. <laughs> I don't know. Don't even go there. <laughs> mechanism of injury. So let's say there was a tree strike. That would be, you'd say tree strike. Yeah. But if it's your first time looking at that, you might be like, what is What I don't know what it is. What the fuck is this? That's where
0: you need to like take the diligence and and ask your overhead and like, hey, let's run some practice scenarios with this.
1: Absolutely. And it's going to help out too for them because then their goal is to get transport. This person's yeah. injured. How are we going to get him off the hill? We need to get this person off.
0: You need to have contingencies, too. Yeah, right.
1: contingencies, backup plans. You know, yeah. can we use a incident helicopter? Because, you know, a medical helicopter might not be available if one's not dedicated to the incident. Yeah. That's happened before where then I used the incident helicopter and just hopped on with the patient
0: and, you know, it's just... You're working on him in the helicopter?
1: Yeah, he was... Um, It wasn't a huge trauma. It was the the scenario is a lot better for me to do that and be back on the fire with an hour and a half rather than like six to seven hours. because that of the how construction.
0: Long ground transport was? Yeah. Dude,
1: yeah. So that there's a lot of things. That's, that's my job and the medical unit leader's job to kind of figure that out Yeah. as well. And the, with that scenario, the other medic on the incident was gone transporting patients. So what are you going to do? Pull all ALS off? So, Can't do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You need standby. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's a if you go through even just like the contact communications phase of your mirror your medical incident report, there's a lot of high quality information that you can that the medics that are going to be arriving on scene get. Yeah. So you know, hey, all right, even if you just don't know and your soup's down, you just like your first year right like mm-hmm. working a radio, just try and describe the situation as best you can, and this little line right here is going to make people sit down, shut the fuck up and listen. Yeah. Once you say division alpha, just use an arbitrary division, mm-hmm. right? Division alpha, standby for emergency traffic. Yeah. Boom. N- everybody's listening. Yep. Yeah. And then, you know, just, Hey, what do I have? Yeah. All right. My, whoever, this, this person don't ever use their names, of course, but mm-hmm. Hey, they were struck by a tree. I have in uh, profuse bleeding or uh possible broken leg or, also, state their level of consciousness if they're unconscious, yeah. Let us conscious. know if they're awake or not. Yeah,
1: um, you know if unfortunately if you know you're gonna start doing CPR, they let them know CPR in progress. Super uh, it, important. It's a, yeah, it's a huge thing. Um, you know, you guys won't be ideally by yourself out there if it happens, but yeah, it's just really nice to be familiar with it as well. So if hopefully you never have to encounter it, but if it does, you can hopefully kind of take a step back and remember what you practiced. Mm-hmm. As well, and what, location, too. Yeah, location. That's definitely, yeah. Important. Know your coordinates. Um, know how to get them. Yeah, they're, they're gonna want the exact coordinates of the injury. Um, what the injury, what or what the what happened, what possible injuries you think they have. Like, the level of consciousness is really important. Um, and then if you know them, let's say you know it is your captain and you know he has a cardiac history or something, just That's when super the, important. When too. the medical gets on scene, you know, maybe have that kind of just jotted down and hand them the paper of the name. If you, if you they're able to get allergies and everything, because anything that we can do to get that patient off scene as quick as possible is going to help. Yeah. Now, with these kind of scenes, when I am transporting the patient out, I do have a long time with them, most likely, unless I'm just handing them off. So I am able to get like the history is not as important unless you do think it is pertinent to what, what's going on. Um, if it is like a man down because of medical, mm-hmm. you know, of course, want to know there's a cardiac history there. So having that knowledge and just kind of jotting it down can help out. And also it can kind of help delegating those. If people on scene are having a hard time with it or don't know what to do, it's like, Hey, why don't you write this down for me? Or, Hey, can you go do this? It's definitely important to have a scribe.
0: Yeah. And delegating
1: can really help. I know that's, um, having like major incidences on these fires has always been a, all of a sudden, just, I'm just like surrounded by captains that are all like ready to scribe. Oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, this is so much better than just working 911. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then yeah, Yeah, so there's definitely um a lot of different things you can do, and then one really good thing to go over is the, how to transport a patient out. So, you know, kind of like assisting with a litter carry, or how would you get someone up a hill, down a hill? Let's say Rems isn't on this incident. Yeah, you know, it's a smaller one. Um, you know, do you guys know how to do that? packaging like, yeah.
0: packaging a patient kind of hard you know i don't think people really understand how difficult it is running like especially like a hard rigid backboard
1: mm-hmm. and you got to watch your feet and everything as well because uh, then all of a sudden we're gonna have you know two patients and we don't want that
0: yeah so just knowing your
1: surroundings absolutely <laughs> Yeah. That's the worst thing is now you have
0: two patients and one critical and one might be ambulatory. It's like,
1: yeah. And if you have enough people, like if we are, let's see, carrying the patient out or let's see, like you're carrying them out to me because that was just the better thing, Mm -hmm. you know, than having, if you have one person that can just stand back behind everyone and just overlooking the whole scene because everyone's really focused on getting this patient out or whatever. So and kind i of just overseen.
0: Shit, well. it even happens in training scenarios? Like everybody's focus is primarily right there. Yeah. On whatever trauma or medical you're running. Yeah. So.
1: I know. And I, an ideal situation, which especially, which happens a lot. I'm working with another medic or uh, there's another medic on scene, maybe with the REMS team. And there's also delegating that because, you know, as the medic on scene, that patient is my priority. Yeah. That is who I am in charge of. But on fires, I'm not in charge really of the whole scene because there's a fire going on. Yeah. So that's what's different. But um, just delegating those tasks as well and yeah. being able to step back is going to help you, I think, be more successful in a, what could be a very traumatic incident.
0: Yeah, you definitely got to get them away from further danger as well. So if they're working Absolutely. on a tree and some branch hits them or something like that, yeah. and they're down in an ash pit, yeah. don't work on them right there. Yeah. Pull them the fuck away from yeah, danger. Cause what,
1: yeah, because what for all the EMTs, BSI, scene safety? Well, none of our scenes are ever safe on these incidences. Yeah, it's inherently <laughs> Let's be honest. dangerous. So, you know, just kind of what are you gonna do?
0: <laughs> it's inherently dangerous. It's mm-hmm. kind of a just the consequence of what yeah. the fuck's going so that's on. on that's why wildfire.
1: Yeah, look up, look down, look all around applies to every aspect out there. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. And even when uh, I think that's another thing too for whoever's running the scene, whoever's the incident within an incident mm-hmm. commander. You gotta have all the same operational things going, just like you're running a fire. Like you gotta have your uh, absolutely LCES in place. You gotta mm-hmm. have your comms. You gotta have everything. Yeah, scene safety is gonna be mo- number one priority.
1: Yeah, because unless I'm like first on scene, I'm p- not gonna be the IC for this incident because I need to focus on the patient. Yeah. You know, then I'll, like, let them know, like, transport decisions and whatnot. And someone else is communicati- communicating with communications. Yeah, and
0: they're basically passing messages back and forth to communications.
1: Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've been on some incidences like that. And, it, you know, the people I've been dealing with have been just awesome. Yeah. As captains and soups because they have trained up on it and practiced scenarios and just kind of know what to do that they can assist me. And then yeah. I also can assist them by communicating with them what needs to happen.
0: Well, you can, I mean, even the layperson, like your first, second year. I mean, they mm-hmm. you need to know this shit. Be you familiar to, with yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And go over the scenarios. If you have an EMT on your crew, ask to know how to pay, or package a patient. Shit,
0: take that EMP, that jump bag, uh, that jump bag off the truck. Go through it. Know where your oxygen yeah. kit is. Know where your airway kit is. Know where your trauma bag is. And always, Yeah,
1: the trauma is big, too. Even yeah. because you might break into that for, like, not a big deal, but they need to get gauze. Just know where your stuff is. Yeah. So that has, you know... I've been caught with my pants down when I like kind of first started or like got on a new rig.
0: Are we not using phrasing anymore?
1: I mean, you can. <laughs> I was kind of hoping you jumped in there. I'm a little disappointed. Not mad, just disappointed. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Anyway, so, so, so my pants are down. Okay. And, <laughs> pants are down. No, and uh, jumping on a different ambulance, and it's like, wait, I don't know. I didn't go through this bag, like, yeah. So I just have to, you know, look for it more rather than like, oh, it's in this pocket right here. There's a glucometer. Perfect.
0: Yeah. So. But then again, if you're not familiar with it.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like, crap, oh, like where you're is it?
0: S- you're just wasting, well, you're not wasting time, but you're mm-hmm. you know, reducing the amount of time. You have that golden hour yeah. to get somebody to um, definitive care. Yeah, yeah so. that is,
1: the, what What would be the ideal, get you into surgery, if it, if it needs surgery, if it's that traumatic of an incident, yeah. um, with under an hour, that's the goal, and they call that the golden hour, as you said, mm-hmm. so, that would have...
0: But that never happens in our line of work no. <laughs> we're you in know. the middle of fucking nowhere and yeah
1: yeah we've i mean i've moved quick before time definitely stands still when it is kind of an emergent situation though that's for sure and then you think that you're working on someone for an hour and they're like no we're on scene for eight minutes it's like okay jesus <laughs> yeah
0: well hey that's a platinum 10 though yeah right it's good stuff as long as you're getting them transported that,
1: that doesn't usually happen well it depends well yeah because when i'm on scene too, if the patient can walk it's like okay hop in we'll deal with everything on the on route because it's going to take usually takes a couple hours to get to the hospital yeah
0: go through all your uh, patient assessment mm-hmm. you know, like, in route yeah it's probably best scenario i'd
1: like to say let's get in my office my i want office. the patient into my office so i can work properly
0: it's like chew cans of burrito yeah, wrappers everywhere
1: because there is a fire going on and people need to resume yeah operations oh yeah <laughs> that's the other thing if it is an emergent traffic well so. the
0: fire doesn't stop it's going to do what it's going to do so yeah,
1: you know it could take a little break, but it doesn't.
0: Oh, the fire's like, oh, I'm late. Tired. Yeah,
1: yeah, right. <laughs> we set emergent traffic fire.
0: <laughs> so, let's get into like some of the trauma aspects, like uh, bleeds. Like, how does the layperson take care of like a major bleed direct besides direct pressure?
1: pressure? Um, if you're familiar with a tourniquet, if someone on your crew has a tourniquet, take it out. Practice. Uh, You can cause damage with a tourniquet. A lot of times bleeds can be stopped with just that direct pressure. Um, You know, you don't want them to lose a limb. If you do feel that a tourniquet would be the best course of action because the bleed is not stopping. You know, you get familiar with the tourniquet you have. There are some different types out there. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of want to turn it or tighten it just until the bleeding stops. You don't want to crank it down till you know, the whole arm is blue. You you know, unless that's the only way to stop the bleeding if it would... but. Ideally, just until the bleeding stops, it might not be as much pressure as you think it is because it might just pinch off that artery just right. Um, But familiarity with your tools is very important. And then if you do put a tourniquet on, um, write down the time you put it on, just put it on tape and tape it onto the patient. You know, that really helps out as well. So they know, wow, this tourniquet's been on so long. Yeah. But ideally that they won't lose function on, you know, in their limb.
0: Well, hopefully if you need to put a tourniquet on, shit's real bad. (laughs) Yeah real bad yeah so
1: yeah definitely just depends i mean like everyone knows tourniquets have definitely saved lives though oh yeah yeah
0: there's a lot of data unfortunately coming out of uh afghanistan and iraq and they're saying now that um you can put a tourniquet on for like up to like six hours or something like that Mm -hmm. without loss of limb Uh huh. but that being said though if they have like that severe of an injury to where you need to put a tourniquet on yeah i mean don't if, if you think it needs a tourniquet don't ever hesitate yeah. to put one on yeah
1: absolutely because let's say i mean someone got a freak injury on their wrist or chainsaw to the wrist and they're you know bleeding out right there yeah pop that tourniquet right above the wound on their forearm mm-hmm. to the bleeding stops. because that or or just do direct pressure and hold it above their head but yeah. do the tourniquet if that doesn't work so for my emts out there you probably remember those scenarios like what the steps to do, direct pressure, if that doesn't work, consider a tourniquet. Yeah. And that's very true.
0: Well, tourniquets, they mm-hmm. can be life saving, but, you know, they come with their consequences.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I
0: definitely, you know, I, I me personally, I'm going to try I'm gonna it. I want to treat as aggressively as possible within absolutely, reason. Absolutely.
1: But and then, um, you know, because you don't want to put a tourniquet on and then take it off as well. Yeah. Usually, um, especially without like a medical professional, or the only way I would do that is with medical control. My doctor told me to. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll get, you know, then get them into the hospital as soon as they can. And then the doctor will deal with it, you know, because most likely they're not going to lose that limb. And depending on the injury, of course, because of that tourniquet, if you just do it till the bleeding stops.
0: Yeah. So. Well, then, you know, that thing's only going to be on there for a few hours yeah, before they is... get to definitive care, at least. Absolutely. Yeah. So. So let's talk about crush injuries. Crush injuries. Yeah. Tree falls on your leg. Ow, fuck. My yeah. leg is crushed and pinned underneath a tree.
1: Yeah. So, um, that's where it gets a little more super complicated as well for like treatment. Um, we take into certain considerations, like how long has this limb been crushed for? Have you been able to get the tree off them yet? Mm-hmm. If it's been more than 45 minutes and as a medical, then we're going to come into once you release that tree or pull it off. Um, bicarb well not bicarb we'll yeah it. no it, no, it, it is It is bicarb protocols are always changing because um you know it's going to be very what, acidotic mm-hmm. and that can cause them to go into shock by all that acidotic blood running back into the system so you know yeah. crush injuries are no fun they're obviously extremely painful because all your nerves are being crushed and it's like a lifelong thing yeah um but just handle it as you kind of would any basic care is there obvious bleeding or is it a closed crush injury stabilize the limb if that's what it is and you know that definitely be like an emergent traffic situation yeah. of course
0: that's some no shit stuff but yeah, yeah it could it, you can get a crushing injury just by like say you're driving an in in uh, utv mm-hmm. you weren't wearing your seatbelt, you got ejected thing rolled over on top yeah. of you that's still a crush injury oh
1: absolutely yeah. so it, it just depends can you get the get the tree off right away let's say you do and then treat it as kind of you would any other injuries the leg mangled can you stabilize it or just kind of package up the patient so the leg is like protected mm-hmm. until we can get there and uh, give them pain meds <laughs> yeah pain management yeah
0: here's the some old. ketamine yeah <laughs> night night yeah
1: there you go <laughs> and um that's definitely a surgical situation 100%. yeah 100 there's not a whole lot to do but just keeping the patient as comfortable as possible stabilizing the um, injured area to the best of that you can and uh, go from there, you know. And then focusing on also, how are we going to get this patient out of there? Yeah, what can I do? Do we a need an huge LZ? Should logistical I logistical effort? Yeah. So should some guy start making an LZ over here? Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: So I don't know what your protocols are, but um, do you leave the the thing that crushed whatever? Do you leave it on them well, until uh, like the very last second when you have like flight or care flight or whatever on no. scene? I mean... Immediate removal?
1: Yeah, you want it off of them kind of as quick as possible, but you also, like, if it is the leg, you know, some things you'd have to consider is a femoral artery mm-hmm. crush, you know? do Does it look like there is, like, bleeding? Should I have a tourniquet ready? But you want that yeah. object off of them as soon as possible because the longer they're crushed, you know, the more problems are going to potentially come up. They might lose that limb then. Yeah. So...
0: So that's another thing, too, with our protocols. Uh,
1: Wait, so is that your protocol is to leave a...
0: No, we, we, we immediately remove it. But once, Mm -hmm. I mean, before we remove the object, TQ, tourniquet and take all that that bad crush shit and like keep it in that compartment because it's going to swell. It's going to go rushing back into the body. Granted, there's no arterial compromise. Yep. or venous compromise
1: yeah and uh it, it just that really depends on how long they've been crushed for it but have your tourniquet ready put it on you don't have to tighten it yeah because whatever is
0: <laughs> on them is acting as yeah a tourniquet. and
1: having if you guys have like a blood pressure um and stethoscope taking their blood pressure with those kind of injuries it's gonna be because, huge because yeah if you know then you can say like oh their blood pressure is dropping well then they probably have an internal bleed yeah they're going in shock yeah or their their adrenaline's kind of wearing down that you know there's all these different possibilities but you know there's no there's nothing wrong with like starting to do vitals for me you know as as long as you know how to do them yeah absolutely because especially in something like that it's it's good to monitor like oh wow their blood pressure has been pretty stable for the past (laughs) half an hour so this is looking good good, good. you know so
0: so what about breaks and fractures
1: um, <laughs>
0: rolling rock hits you in yeah. the ribs. So I mean, flail chest, that's, that's, <laughs> let's not go there. Let's, uh, broken arm from a rolling rock.
1: Yeah. That's, how deformed is an arm? You know, just kind of stabilize it, make the patient comfortable. Who wants that? Sorry, just burp. Once a, that was cute. <laughs> <laughs> Once the medic gets on scene, they'll definitely, um, you know, start with the pain management and transport. Yeah. And it always depends on the break. If it's a hairline fracture, just kind of swelling, we're not going to know. We don't. Yeah. We. I mean, it's going to be obviously deformed and look like a break, absolutely. But still can't say they broke their arm because we're not X-ray. You want to say machines. it, don't you?
0: What? DCAP BTLS.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that all came screaming back. Yeah.
0: Oh, you PTSD from the <laughs> <medic> class. No.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, when you do take EMT classes, they just go through these certain scenarios. And so DCAP BTLS is what you got to go through in your head. I'm, for,
0: I'm not going through the entire list of what that You're not? For. No, do you, go ahead, fire no. <laughs> it So, what's away.
1: the deformities, contusions, abrasions, uh, penetrating wounds, penetration? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and uh, again yeah <laughs> was it burns yep. oh what's tea
0: um what was tea oh i was on a roll too yeah you were on a roll i
1: just stopped because i distracted myself because i'm a child <laughs>
0: <laughs> how's that adhd treating you i
1: was so good what, <laughs> what? <laughs> fish i like yeah. fish uh,
0: um what, was, what, what is tea
1: oh my gosh this is embarrassing Yeah. tenderness tenderness yes thank tenderness. you yeah um
0: Lacerations, lacerations and swelling, swelling. yeah yeah <laughs> that was that was rough yeah so I mean, flashbacks <laughs> i
1: just want to apologize to all the listeners for that <laughs> yeah
0: so now what do we do about like say they got a compound fracture
1: Mm-hmm. like yeah. open open bone compound, sticking out
0: which is wildly distracting
1: yeah it so. is been on pay, quite a few with that
0: yeah pay attention guys because if you have like look at the whole big picture because if you have like a compound fracture on somebody mm-hmm. you're gonna be like holy fuck this guy's gonna die but that may not be the big problem yeah yeah
1: there yeah there's been instances where it's been like a compound fracture in the arm which is when the bone's sticking out and then you know your eyes immediately go to that but it's like oh crap but this guy's un- unconscious and that's not from the compound fracture so yeah that no, can be yeah so that can be addressed later. So that's the whole part I've said before about taking a step back and looking at the whole scene. Mm. Um and then if your patient's conscious, like talk to them, ask yeah. them like "What does anything else hurt, what's going on? Like, Are you
0: allergic to something?
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like I can also take it, the medic can take care of those questions as well. But yeah. and talking to your patient also to keep them calm. They're i I'm assuming, or probably your friend, your crewman, like um and This just comes with practice of kind of sounding robotic when you're, if you have the EMTs going through all the stuff, and that's fine. But remember, this is a person too, and they're just having an injury, and that's like really good to try to keep them calm.
0: They're going to be freaking the fuck out too. Yeah. So it's like the more calm you approach the situation with, I think the calmer the patient's going to be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like joke with them a little bit, depending on how well you know them. Yeah. And just, that's really important as well.
0: Yeah. That's super important. Mm -hmm. All right. What about, Mm, one of my personal favorites. Mm-hmm. Allergies. Allergies. Yeah.
1: Oak. <laughs> the worst. <laughs>
0: so let's talk about like food allergies, say, because you don't know what the fuck you're going to get in your food lunch, right? Your fire lunch rather. Yeah. Well, ideally, you so know, if you're allergic allergy. to something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, letting them, <laughs> I guess I think you can let the incident know if you have a peanut allergy, right? Like, or
0: You should be able to, yeah. Yeah, I think they're pretty careful
1: it. with like peanuts and whatnot. And yeah. people that have those allergies, they usually, they know about them, they grew up with them, they have their EpiPens and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, sometimes things are out of their control. if Someone else has it. Yeah. Uh, so anything with that. And in that case, if you think someone's having a food allergy, you know, you have your Benadryl, you have your antihistamines, um, and, you know, call a higher medical over or whatever or bring them to the camp to get evaluated
0: well i think this is also an important thing to like actually know your crew like yeah yeah if you know they have an allergy know where the fuck their epi's at yeah it is if that they have really it important. that bad you know, yeah.
1: yeah if you do have a bad allergy to, if you are you know really allergic to bees make sure that you know their crew knows because um, then they'll know you have an epi pen and you know if you do get stung or if yeah just communication is super important it
0: is super important yeah. Yeah. like know your guys know, yeah. know your folks yeah yeah.
1: And then my favorite allergy, poison oak. I <coughs> know. <laughs> I've seen some horrible poison oak before. Oh, I don't yeah. get it. I, I'm one of those lucky people. Okay, that's I don't but, No. So yes. I always said yes. yes. I Because yeah. I would always say that too. I'm not allergic yet. And I actually got it paddleboarding on Whiskey Lake like a week before the car fire started. Oh, what, what, whiskey Town. Yeah.
0: Um, you probably don't want to say that out loud. A week well, before the car fire started. It was a
1: week before. <laughs> 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 we know how that fire started. Yeah. But um i know there's definitely no more oak up there nope but yeah i that (laughs) when i got the oak it was like in a weird pattern because it was on the paddleboard i I guess and so i don't know if anyone's been on the paddleboard it has kind of like that grid on it so i had these like perfectly spaced out like blister lines on my leg i was like what is that it's so itchy I was like, it must be uh, bed bugs. I was staying at my friend's house. So we like went through her house. She had a very clean house. So I was like, yeah. what is this? And then it started spreading everywhere. I was talking to my boss. He's like, I don't know. And then finally, my other boss was like, it's poison oak. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. They were like, no, tippy. it's not oak. And then it's like, yeah, it is. It's for someone that's been working and treating people for so long. That was not the highest point in my medical career. But <laughs> definitely was oak. I was just in such denial about it.
0: You, you, did, like, you knew damn well what it was. But yeah. Was oh, like-
1: I took so many rounds of steroids. <laughs> like oh. it was bad, it was just. I looked gross. My arm man. was it all
0: swollen? Oh, you sent me a picture, I, yeah. It, I sent it, you it, a picture with yeah.
1: all the just the forearm and everything, it was all up and down my leg. It was like, don't me. yeah. Look it looked like
0: you look like a fucking burn victim, it was, it, <laughs>
1: <I know. laughs> but then I also discovered um how awesome Xamphil is. So,
0: there you go, yeah. So, so as go. far as poison oak, aside from your severe cases, mm-hmm. like, yeah, especially you gentlemen out there. <laughs> like take a little extra precaution about what you're doing when you go to take a leak. Yeah. You're catching my drift.
1: Yeah. Behind the knees, it'll get there too. And also oh, yeah. on the genitals is really painful. At that point, you probably need a steroid shot. So if there is like a, a medical unit in camp with um, like a nurse or PA, they'll administer that or we'll send you in mm-hmm. to get that taken care of. And then uh, with Oak too, it's kind of educating yourself on how you're getting Oak, um, keeping up with the tech new, and oh yeah yeah because the, the technique acts as a dish soap you know you think the poison Strips oak is, the oil. yeah it's getting the oil on you and the oil is getting on anything if it gets on your pants it's going to get on your sleeping bag and then you're going to keep touching it and even if you get treated with a steroid shot if you climb back in your sleeping bag you're going to get oak all over again yeah so it's not like
0: that shit goes away yeah, oil is change, actually, yeah,
1: yeah changing yeah. out your um your nomex when you can taking a break on the line if you know you encountered it and just with a water bottle and new, just like wash your hands now they have like the new wipes Mm -hmm. which is just a new on a wipe but that's just a little more convenient to take with you or the small packets um and then do what you can and then shower when you can i know there's all it does seem like people are showering more because which is good like especially because a crud gets so bad and then (sighs) these guys aren't showering and girls we're all disgusting let's be real yeah you know, and I'm definitely guilty of that, too. You get back, you just want to eat and go to bed. But the showering has really helped to, like, lower it, especially if you do get oak. Just shower as fast as you can. Yeah. Now, you know, a lot of these guys, though, are out on these 14-day spike camps, so.
0: Yeah, good luck getting l- shower. L- yeah,
1: good luck to you guys. I appreciate you and all. And, of course, if and they want to go, like,
0: <laughs> jump in the river or something like that and kind of clean off, of course, th- what's around the freaking riverbanks. You're right. Fucking and, poison Yeah, um, so
1: much oak. Ugh.
0: Well, there's only two people in this type in this world. Two types of people in this world when it comes to poison oak: mm-hmm. people that have had poison oak mm-hmm. and people that will get poison oak. So, I've been immune I'm, for a while now, but I'm sure my day's coming. Yeah, yeah. Just I don't like know, you know
1: that whole. <laughs> so bad i'm still just like so bad. are you shaming yourself right now because you couldn't
0: recognize the symptoms of poison <laughs> i was in i was in severe paramedic. denial
1: because i would always be like well i don't get oak so mm. <laughs> it's not poison yeah i don't yeah i don't know how you feel so good luck and then i just came in a vengeance that's not karma i don't know what is Jesus, man. i got the oak man
0: i, I got the oak, I, got the oak. <laughs> yeah. I don't know man it's it's uh definitely some good topics um yeah. do you want to go into maybe like what to expect, like the aftermath, like that secondary trauma, though, because when you see some trauma,
1: a little bit of mental health. <laughs> yeah,
0: dude, because it's yeah. seriously, f- pees especially if you ever see P trauma, yeah. it'll fuck you up. I don't care how tough you are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's kind of like a good trigger weird right now, the whole PTSD, um, movement or like you know getting that out there that it's okay to have it a lot more people kind There's, of have it yeah that they know about i've personally suffered from it from an incident that happened um while working that was extremely traumatic from the being innovated too that yeah. caused a little bit that was like the start of and then um you know we've had friends die that can cause it as well but we don't want to admit to feeling down or needing help and um, i personally got in a really bad uh, state as well. Like just being angry and just not in the right head place and like lack of motivation. And it wasn't like I was depressed. I'd go through like bits of depression, but you know, I just, I wasn't me. And finally I reached out to a PTSD clinic and I got help mm-hmm. and it changed my life. And I'm, I'm proud to admit it that yeah. I got help. I felt like me again. And, um, it, I you know I don't feel any shame in that and that's really important. So if you do encounter a traumatic scene, whether it's
0: be- Well, it can even be cumulative too. Like if it, you're like especially someone in your position where you're dealing with this shit and like all the time. Yeah. Like that repetitive yeah. trauma. And yeah.
1: um you know all my stuff that kind of happened was actually mostly like not not work related. Mm-hmm. But that's also was like, "Oh, I'm fine." And it did also kind of reflect in my work a little bit. And I could tell like some, you know, I had a coworker like, "What's going on?" Yeah. You know, you're like you're kind of angry and I'm not an angry person at all. Are you, though? I mean, I'm, I'm Italian Irish, so I have that like, you know, the snap. sass. The, you sass. Have the sass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really happy I did get help. And when you do deal with these traumatic incidents, if you do are unfortunate, and I don't want anyone to go through this. But if something bad happens to someone you're working with where you're there on the scene, you know, it is important to get help. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sent to these critical stress debriefings for some stuff, but like I'm not receptive to that. That's no one's not, going to be because it's happened yeah. so.
0: Well, it depends. People are though. People are. But I had to find effective. the right
1: right thing for me that helped me. And there's also for um PTSD. There's like uh, they now are doing like ketamine stuff. Um, ketamine e- clinics. Yeah, yeah, EMDR, which is a like they track your eye movement has had a huge success rate. So there is a lot of different ways to get it. And, um, that allowed me to be more receptive to getting help. Yeah, Cause and also what's hard with us out there is, you know, like after something bad happened, someone would talk to me about it. It's like, I'm not talking to you. You have no idea you went to, and this is not really fair cause I don't know their life, but yeah. my thought process was, you know, you went to school to become a therapist. What have you seen? What do you know? Like yeah. I'm not talking to you. I only want to talk to someone that, has lived your life like yeah that walked a mile in there. your shoes yeah yeah absolutely and um you know with the stuff i've gone through and the treatment i've gotten it has made me really want to um like be there for people because it's like I, I do get it and a yeah. lot more people do get it and you got to find what works for you to get that help but there is some some methods yeah that people are very receptive to and it's pretty great You got to take care of yourself. Absolutely. Your mental health is just the most important. Yeah. And, you know, we're all out there. Sometimes people kind of snap out there. It's hard when you're out there for 21 days, kind of a thing. Especially if
0: you've just seen some shit and you're just staying on incident.
1: Yeah. I mean, if it's something really bad that you usually, I think, leave. But um, also like watching your crewmen, watching, you know, uh, if you're noticing a change, if you know something happened in their life, sometimes stuff happens at home when we're on these incidences. It's like, okay, I'll work through it. Just kind of like being there for each other, checking in on each other is really important. And I know for me, I can be stubborn with people who are like, you know, oh, how are you doing from this? It's like, I'm not talking to you about that, but just like, hey, how have you been? Yeah. What's That's going all on? You mean yeah. What's going sometimes. on? You holding up, especially in like for soups and captains and stuff um, in that leadership role. I know for me, that always was nice because it was like, I'm, yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, because we all just have to be there for each other.
0: That's what it boils down to is just mm-hmm. know each other. Yeah. And not be feeling, actually, yeah. Take part in that brotherhood and sisterhood.
1: Yeah. And not feeling any shame if you're not feeling right, especially after something happens in your life. Oh yeah. You know, talk to someone, you can get some help and find out what help works for you. Cause it, it, the, the earlier that you um, interact with this, you know, trauma in your head or what's going on, the better you're going to be and you can get back to normal. You resume normal activity.
0: So powerful advice. Nah. <laughs> take care of your headspace, man. We always, uh, strive to take care of our physical bodies, like and our nutrition. Yeah. Even though we're fed a bunch of fucking trash on the Dude, fire line. Our but
1: insides is all black tar out there. Oh like yeah. this is coffee, just, Copenhagen and we're all just walking piles of garbage
0: <laughs> riddled with cancer.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: but yeah. Most importantly, you can't, you know, you can't be healthy. Yeah, as a person, unless you're healthy in your head. Yeah. So
1: taking care of yourself, absolutely.
0: Definitely, uh, good words of advice. Good. <laughs> All right. Well, we uh, covered just about everything that a fire me- fireline medic goes through on yeah. an incident. Yeah. Good did information. My, I did my best. <laughs> There's oh,
1: so it's... much information out there, and um, you know, if you ever see me on the fire, say hi for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and another thing is like I love to educate um you know running scenarios with people and most medical people out there will if you're out there with a line medic you know you have the time you don't know what you're doing you might be staging yeah ask questions run scenarios with them oh yeah like get everyone involved i love working with like uh, staging with like a engine and stuff like what would we do let's do this it's
0: great Well shit's important because when the real thing happens you need to like get on it as fast as possible Absolutely. because time is probably one of your most precious resources. Absolutely. So,
1: so yeah, and I really enjoy my job and what I do. That's why I've been doing it for so long. And, you know, like I said, I love talking to people about it. If they have any questions, really why.
0: like the people hitting you up in fire camp, asking you for your number when they're covered in poison oak. No, he was covered in pus. Or, sorry, pus, pus, <laughs> oak pus.
1: And if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: I gotta, I, I gotta give a hand or shout out to that dude, man. <laughs> no, He's,
1: I know for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, brave, bold move. <laughs> yeah, bold move. Well, cool. I think that's a tie-in point. Awesome. Thanks for coming on the show. And uh, where can we find you on the socials?
1: Oh yeah, Raw Pony, Hana uh, Raw Pony. Yeah, um, on Instagram. That's kind of my only social that I have. Okay. Um, if you guys have any questions, feel free to write me. You know, I'm happy to help.
0: Don't slide into her DMs and yeah, be a
1: <laughs> Yeah. I'm too socially awkward for that.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you guys slide into her DMs and uh, be like, hey, what's your number? We will put you on blast.
1: Oh, a hundred percent.
0: So, But no, yeah. I'm
1: not going to put you on blast if you do have any questions, especially about any kind of mental health or um, anything. So yeah.
0: keep it professional. <laughs> okay. All right, dude. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah,
1: Thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah.
0: Right on, guys. Well, thanks for uh, listening to another episode of Anchor Point. We'll see you on the next one.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: (laughs) Hell yeah. That was a good episode, Michelle. Thank you for coming by, dropping some knowledge bombs on us with emergency medicine. Definitely appreciate it. We covered so many topics. (laughs) Got everything from owies, boo-boos, and blisters to some serious shit like trauma and anaphylaxis, crush injuries, breaks, fractures, shit we even covered poison oak (laughs) anyways yeah guys definitely know that mirror nine line it's it's called the mirror now so uh let's get some terminology right the medical incident report well guys i hope you enjoyed the show uh definitely uh keep tuned in definitely swing by our uh itunes drop us a rating definitely swing by our instagram and our facebook Twitter, Eh, I'm really hardly ever on it, but whatever, if you guys want to follow us on Twitter feel free anyways guys, thanks for listening, catch us on the next episode of the Anchor Point, later (laughs) <laughs> the dude that's like doing like simple shit yeah like, like he the actually yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> he has one he's like um he's doing something he's like i do this while you look for the proper porn to whack off to <laughs> <laughs> you know
0: it's funny what i'm recording this
1: oh yeah i figure but <laughs>